0: unless you remain in me what a beautiful song and what a beautiful passage to start the Sunday reminding us to stay on his path to stay with him to stay in his company so that not only will we have a fruitful life but we will have a personal relationship with the gardener well it's lovely to see you all this morning Uh, I appreciate the fact that it's probably going to get quite warm in here, Uh, so if you do need to fan or you need to uh, just step outside or something, that's absolutely fine, whatever you're comfortable with, because it will get quite warm. I'm going to pray for us. Father God, we thank you for bringing us here this morning, and Lord, we just pray that you will make yourself known to us this morning. Help us to bring our praise and our worship to you, Lord, this morning. We want to be changed by your word this morning, Father. We want to be comforted. We want to be held by you this morning. So, Father God, just have your way in this service with us this morning. Amen. Well, this morning, you are in for a rare treat. We have a special guest speaker. Uh, you're not going to have to suffer one of my 40-minute sermons, um, but I've given our friend Nigel 50 minutes. Uh, Nigel, uh, if you want to come up, that would be, be fantastic. Uh, I'm going to pray for you, introduce you. This is Nigel. Uh, he is uh, here this morning on behalf of CAP, Uh, Christians Against Poverty, he's going to be sharing uh, some information with us, he's going to be sharing more importantly the word with us Uh, and just giving us an overview really uh, uh, and personal uh, experiences of of what CAP is doing, not just nationally um, but you know we all know someone I'm sure that has been touched by CAP, Uh, certainly in this church there are many people that have experienced their um, help. Um, so, I'm just going to ask you just a couple of questions, if I may.
1: Oh, it's dangerous. Yeah, I know. You can't
0: reach question and <laughs> I so, what's, what's your sort of story? What's your history? What, what are you? Who are you? Right.
1: Oh, do you, uh, do you want the long or the short one? Talk. Born and brought up, privileged to be born and brought up in a Christian home. Um, brought up in actually in the brethren and I still appreciate much of what I got from there but I would say when I came to a years of discretion I moved on to a Baptist church a big Baptist church in Eastbourne um, and uh, it was there that uh, one because back in those days they used to have big open air services on on the seafront on Sunday evenings, several of the churches and one Sunday uh, George Cumming our minister said to me he said I want you to speak <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was in, I've been involved in youth work and, and so on, but not something like that, so I did. And um, then that grew, and a little while later I heard God saying to me very clearly, um, I want you in full-time ministry. Um, and uh, eventually I uh, went to a, a place called London Bible College, which some people may know. It's called London School of Theology now, but it was a, and very privileged there to meet Sue, my wife. And uh, from there into the Baptist ministry for a number of years. For a few years, we uh, moved to Southampton to be part of one of the new churches at the time. We were very blessed by God in some ways. But gradually, God brought us to the island and back into ministry in the, lat- in the final years of my life and very much being involved with CAP as well. And really privileged to see God touching people's lives, which for me is the most important thing. I'm a preacher, I'm a teacher, but I've also got an evangelist's heart. I want to see people touched Amen, with the love of Jesus Amen, to be given hope for eternity. And we
0: won't speak about the rivalry between Morelands and uh, LBC. No, well, no, no, no,
1: no. 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 <laughs> no. Well, since you <laughs> have one of our best students as principal. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Let me, oh, uh, let me pray for you, Nigel. Pleasure. Lord, we thank you for this man. We thank you for his ministry and Lord, we thank you in anticipation for his message to us this morning. Mm. Lord, just speak through him, uh, speak to him this morning, Father, so that we may understand your will just that little bit more for Mm. our church. Mm. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. What's the biggest crowd you've been part of? Have you been part of a crowd of 10,000 people? Anyone been part of a crowd of 10,000 people? That's quite a lot, isn't it? 20,000? Uh, 50? 75? Oh, a few of you. Yes. Well, as you know, when, it's like when you're in a great big crowd like that, you feel pretty faceless, don't you? apart from the few people that you know around you. You may know a few and uh, I knew the guy sitting right next to me when I took that photo. Um, but, you know, it's faceless, isn't it? How do, you, how do you identify who's there? At least in this crowd we had some sense of hope, well, for a couple of hours until... Yes, uh, <laughs> don't need to go any further with that one, do we? Um, blame my own hometown lad for missing the penalty. But, you know, faceless, hope, yes. But for those trapped in poverty and debt, they not only feel faceless and valueless, they also feel hopeless and helpless, don't they? And some of you may well know what that feels like to be like that. And it's an increasing... Problem and challenge in our society, isn't it? CAP recently commissioned a a YouGov poll to find out about the reality of living in poverty in the UK. According to the poll, 16 million people have been forced to skip meals recently due to cost. Just to put that in perspective, that would be about the equivalent of 10 people in this group brings it home to you, how, how how real it is, doesn't it? About the same number would have gone without a hot meal on a daily basis. A result of poverty. The never-ending pressures of financial insecurity has a detrimental effect in, on people's Uh, mental health and well-being we are facing in this country a real challenge and a real crisis in physical terms people living life on a knife edge and if you want to know more about that literal physical challenge I've got a couple of copies of the report that's based on that um, poll and sadly, despite all the protestations of shops, supermarkets, etc., this is where it comes home to reality, isn't it? One of my, <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming increasingly aware, for instance, that the, my own supermarket, one of the big four, increasingly the shelves are filled with products that are branded. The space on their shelves for their own products, cheaper products, which ease the cost of living, is getting smaller and smaller. Really brings it home to me when I go to buy some eggs. You know, there's no problem of supply of eggs anymore. That's, That's an issue that's gone. But the shelves are full of boxes of six, instead of dozens. And if you're aware of prices, you'll know that to buy a dozen in two boxes of six costs an awful lot more than buying one box of a dozen. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of the world that we live in. And God does call us to have a concern and a passion for that world, for, the, for those people. God's heart is for his world in all its bruised and brokenness. But there are many who find themselves in real debt situations, not just because of their poverty, but they find themselves in debt situations for other reasons. A broken marriage. A lost job. Life circumstances. Serious illness. And yes, for some, bad money management. That's the world that God has called us through CAP to minister to. And at Cat we really believe that scripture provides us with a clear guidance to respond to poverty and debt. I've got a little book on the stool called A Story We Can't Forgive. It's been produced in conjunction with uh, the Bible Society to, to write about the need of our society in terms of our debt, of debt and poverty but also to explore biblically why we as God's people are called to be involved and if if you want to to, to explore that further, please do come and uh, take a book from me at the stall afterwards. So how should we get involved as god 's people? Will you turn with me will you turn with me to Matthew chapter nine and I want if you 've got Bibles with you or on your phones or whatever I'm sorry it's not the text from this one is not on the on the PowerPoint slide but uh, Matthew chapter 9 and I want to read uh, from the very end of chapter 9 verses 35 down into chapter 10 verse 1 this is a classic case of where Bible the uh, verse and chapter divisions actually do a disservice to the text And the context of this is that Matthew 8 and 9 is the summary by Matthew of the whole of Jesus' teaching ministry that spreads over eight chapters in Mark. Mark tells the full story of Jesus' healing and teaching ministry from from chapter 2 through to chapter 8 until he prepares for the journey of Jesus to Jerusalem. But not time to go into all that one now. Otherwise, I should go on for 15 minutes as well. But that's the context. Matthew actually summarizes Jesus' ministry in two chapters. Matthew is mainly concerned about his teaching because he's producing something that can be used to encourage discipleship. That's the purpose of Matthew's gospel. But here we have... The summary of Jesus' healing and teaching ministry, and in a sense, the the essence of it is summed up in these closing verses of chapter 9 and the beginning of verse 10. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. And he called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. You see why I say it's, we're, not, we're done a disservice by the chapter division there because verse 1 is the conclusion Jesus says ask the lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field and he says and you you are the ones who are going to do it and the first thing i notice in that in that passage is the need of the people when he saw um, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And then, and then it comes on uh, to talk about the fact that they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. The need of the people there was not just simply physical either. It was spiritual. They were harassed and helpless For many of the people in this crowd, they were faceless. And as far as the religious people were concerned, not only were they faceless, but they were worthless. They didn't belong in God's people. That was the sort of environment they had their physical needs. They had their disease. They had their sickness. Undoubtedly, there were those who were poor and so on. But they had a spiritual need as well. And we're dealing with a world... Don't we know it? That is not only suffering a crisis of physical poverty and debt and need, but we're facing a world that is deeply in need spiritually. And Jesus had compassion. I don't know what you know about that word compassion. It, it's, it's sort of, we know it, it means a bit more than sympathy, don't we? But it still sort of has that feeling of a sort of warm sort of something towards a situation or whatever. The word compassion comes from a uh, it, it quick Greek lesson if you don't mind. A word, the word compassion is the is translation of a Greek word, <laughs> splanknizomai. I love that word, because do you know how some words have that sort of sharp feeling? Do you know what I mean? S- the very sound of it, splank, nizmi. What We get the word spleen from, the, from splank, from the Greek splank. We get our word spleen, which begins to point at what it's all, what compassion is all about you know when you get really upset or churned over about something you talk about you have you feel it in your gut or you feel your stomach turned upside down yeah do any of you have that feeling at any yeah oh good good you do know what I'm talking about that's compassion is to be so churned up inside that you must do something about the situation That's Jesus. He's so churned up inside about the needs of these people that he does something about it. He calls his 12 disciples and he says, now, you go and minister to them. You go and minister to them God's love. You minister to them the reality of the fact that even if they feel faceless, lost, hopeless, harassed, helpless... You not only go and feed them and heal their diseases but you show them a father who wants to call them home into a living relationship with him. You know, brothers and sisters, that's our privilege as well, isn't it? That's Mm -hmm. our privilege. Jesus calls his church to be involved to be compassion in action. Not just on the physical, but with a real heart longing to serve God's people and the world with the good news of of the gospel. One of the reasons why I got so involved in CAP, my last church in Ventnor, on the Isle of Wight. People think of the Isle of Wight as a a lovely place to holiday and down, don't they? and it is and there's a lot of wealth second homes and all sorts of things but at ventnor where where i was privileged to minister for the last seven or eight years of my life of my ministry life i've so called retired now <laughs> but in that church in that town at two ends you've got incredible wealth Right down through the middle, you've got a section of the community that's in the top 15% of deprivation in the country, masked by the wealth. And God called us to minister. When the church called me, God very clearly spoke to me and said, Your mission in this church is, is Isaiah 61 to preach the good news to the poor and to the captive, to release the captive, to bring sight to the blind. And as we began to reach out to that community, the church rediscovered its purpose and we began to see God touch people's lives in an incredible way. And it was there, that, the, 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 for me, that the vision of being involved with Cat was birthed because I was privileged to be given a book. I've got two, actually, on the, book sh- on the, book on the table. A book called Nevertheless tells the story of John Kirby. Kirkby the man who brought Cap into being a man who knew the disaster of life that led to homelessness debt poverty God brought him into contact with the church and he found Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour and it transformed his life and then God challenged him to use the financial skills that he had to touch other people's lives and the story nevertheless tells of how God used him and through him CAP came into being and has grown now to the point where there are over 800 churches involved in CAP's ministry and many 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 people have been touched and set free from debt and and poverty but even more importantly have been brought into a living relationship with Jesus Christ that's why I'm excited about CAP I don't want to be a social worker I care about that world out there that God cares about. I care about the poverty and the indebtedness that is destroying people's lives. But I care even more that unless they have Jesus, even if we get them out of debt, they're still going to a lost eternity. And I want them to have an eternal hope. And the ministry of CAP is such that as we minister to people in need... We the church, not only in deed but in word, actually demonstrate and convey to people the good news of the gospel. You know, going back back to the Old Testament, when God called Israel out of Egypt and brought them to Sinai to meet with him to make them his people, He said to them, you're going to be my holy people and I'm going to be your God. And I'm going to take you into the promised land and I'm going to take you in there for a purpose. And you know that they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness, didn't they? Because they messed up big time. They get to the point where they're standing on the edge of the promised land and Moses is preparing them to go into the promised land. And as he does so, he recounts and recalls all of the laws that God had given them, and how God had been with them, and the sort of lifestyle that God wanted them to live. And it's in it's in chapter four, particularly of Deuteronomy, that lay- Moses is laying out all all those sort of conditions, if you like, of what it means to be God's people. And at the very end of it, and I paraphrase a couple of verses. At the very end of it, Moses says, now listen, when you go into the land, if you live in the way that God wants you to, then the nations are going to look at you, and they're going to say, wow, what a people, what a God, we want what they've got. That was Israel's mission. It was to be a witness to the nations that called them into a relationship with the living God. And the early church fulfilled that purpose. That's exactly what happened in the early church, isn't it, in the book of Acts? And today, we're called to share in that same ministry. Today, we here, my church on the Isle of Wight in Newport, churches wherever, we who have been privileged to know the saving power of Jesus are called by our lives and our involvement with things like CAP and our witness and our words to not only bring hope into the midst of hopelessness, not only to see people set free from debt and poverty and their physical lives transformed, but we are called to share in that ministry in action and in word whether it be by giving or by being involved in doing things, we're called to be involved in that ministry so that the world might see and the world might know and that the world might find its way home. Isn't that a privilege? And it is a challenge because we know we maybe know that and I want to just uh, remind you of another story, the story of the feeding of 5,000 which actually begins to show this being put into action. And the first thing I notice is that that call to involvement, well, the poor old disciples still hadn't got it, had they? They've been called to share Jesus' compassion. They've been given authority, chapter 10, to go out and preach and everything else. And here we are on on his mountain. Jesus has been ministering to the crowds. He's been giving of himself at a time when actually he wanted some time to himself really because we're told in the, in the introduction to the story of the feeding of the 5,000 that he just heard the, the bad news that John had been murdered by Herod. And he wanted time and space away for himself and instead the crowds followed him and Jesus ministered to them. And then you get to the end of the day and there's this crowd Of people who are hungry and everything else. And what's the disciples' response? What can we do to help them? No, Lord, they're hungry. You better send them away. It's about time for you to send them away. They still hadn't got it, had they? And I wonder sometimes whether we really do, We, we know about these things in our minds. And it may be even to a certain extent in our hearts. But do we really get the message? Listen. This is what Jesus said to the disciples. You give them something to eat. It's not someone else's job. It's yours. It's ours. Don't let's leave it. Particularly, don't let's leave serving the needs of the poor and the lost and the lonely to social services. Because they'll get a different message. The world's message is so subtle. Oh, but the good news of the gospel says there's a way home. There's a way home to a father who has created us unique. Each individual is unique and of value. And One of the privileges of being involved with CAP is, is it gives us that opportunity, whether as individuals, as we're, as we're befriending or supporting someone who's going through the, the, the process of getting out of debt or whether it's because we're becoming involved in some of the things that CAP sponsors like um, life Life skills or jobs clubs things that actually help people physically and practically but it gives us opportunity not only to demonstrate God's love and compassion but it gives us those opportunities to talk with people to share the good news of the gospel with them what a privilege isn't it and that's where I want to encourage you this morning To recognize that as God has called us to be his people and has called us to be involved, let's make sure that we do get the message. That we don't forget that God has called us as individuals. And the other thing that I notice is that there's there's a step of faith here. This is the other exciting thing about it. As Jesus said to the disciples, you give them something to eat. What did they have? What did they have? How many? Five, and it depends on which version you're reading or which account. But not many for 5,000 or more people, was it? And yet Jesus took that bread, those fish, prayed for them, blessed them. And in one account, in John's, John's account, we're told, aren't we, that at the end of it, there were over 12 basketfuls of food left up, left After they'd all eaten. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? And as we begin to step out in faith, we may think, I've got very little to offer. I've got nothing. God says, I'm still calling you. Whether you feel you've got much or nothing, I'm still calling you. Will you step out? Will you commit to pray? Will you commit, perhaps, to give to the work of Cap? Not at the expense of your giving to your own fellowship, but in addition, trust in God. Would you be prepared to become what Cap call a befriender? Someone who works with, with the debt centre manager when they go into people's homes, as people begin to unfold their debt problems the befriender goes in and can can work alongside the the debt centre manager together with the local church place creating an environment that that supports and encourages we've just recently established uh, a debt centre on the Isle of Wight very privileged to be very much involved with that and John our debt centre manager talking the other day and he's saying it's, it's really interesting that not only is there a problem of getting people to actually reveal what their debts are you know when when you start the debt process then the manager and the befriender and others go into a person's home and actually begin to sort out all the paperwork and one of the things you find is that people have got a lot of paperwork that they may not even have opened because they're afraid of what it's going to show and his privilege in a sense of the debt centre manager, is to begin to unfold all of that. But what John, John was saying to me was he's finding that even then, and even if they got to the point where it's been passed through to the experts at Bradford, the cap experts who negotiate with, with creditors and things, and help to set a budget which will enable someone to become debt-free, John is finding that even then... People are still reluctant to be open and honest about everything. They're afraid or they feel guilty or whatever it is. And they need that ongoing support of a befriender and of the local church to provide a framework that enables them to have confidence. What a privilege. And giving is one way. Obviously, we've talked about other ways in which you can help and be involved with CAP through life skills. Maybe, maybe there's something that you as a church can think about setting up in terms of uh, some of these means of support and assistance. But there again is a statistic that's the one that thrills me most. In the 20-odd years that CAP has been in existence, over 8,000 people... Come to faith in Jesus Doesn't that thrill you? Doesn't that excite you? You know you can be involved by giving You can be involved by serving You can be involved by praying You've got forms on your chairs I'd like to invite you to think about Maybe even filling that form out Not necessarily now but after the service And bring it to me on, on the store If you want to know more directly about the work of Cat, Come over there and talk with me you've got forms on your chairs, I would invite you to look and think about giving. As I said, don't give at the expense of the fellowship here. We don't want that to happen because at CAP we long to work with local churches, seeing people's lives transformed. And really, in a sense... That's, that's, that's all I've, I've got to share with you. CAP operates jobs clubs. It Cap operates life skills. It operates money management courses. That was one that we ran at Ventnor for a number of years and touched people's lives. People need help, even if they're not in debt. People need help with managing their money. Actually, most people need help in managing their money if they're going to use it most effectively for the kingdom. And that's something that perhaps you could consider, maybe consider to, to do because it's not difficult to do. There's the simple training that Cap gives and then equips. I've got information about that on, on, on the stall. But this morning, I'm not here just to represent Cap. Yes, I am here to represent Cap. And to say, will you please consider that God may be calling you as an individuals or as a church to be involved in what he's doing through CAP but above all I'm still here first and foremost as a, as, as a man called to proclaim the good news of the gospel and to say to you let's, let's, let's church be a people that the lost and the lonely the bruised and the broken can look at us and say wow what a God what a people we want what they've got And that does involve stepping out in faith and trusting God to use us and to provide for us and equip us, doesn't it? But He will do, won't He? Because He always does. Because He's faithful and true. God will provide. Can I please invite you and encourage you to to think about filling out those forms to giving them if you can't commit to a regular giving that that suggestion of 12 pounds if you can't commit to a regular giving maybe you can make a one off I've got envelopes or the forms you can use to do a a one off gift you can do it online as well so let's God touch our hearts Mm. practically as well as spiritually let's step out in faith because everyone needs compassion everyone needs a saviour let's pray father we thank you you've put us in a in a bruised and broken world where people are lost and helpless and harassed and lonely oh father give us the eyes to see them as you see them created as individuals unique and valuable to you and father in the midst of their poverty and their brokenness will you use us as you use cap not just to touch their physical and material needs but will you use us to touch their spiritual needs to give them a hope not just for this life, but a hope and a security for, for eternity. Lord, will you take us and use us? Will you fill us with your compassion, with your heart? Will you equip us with your spirit and give us the excitement of seeing lives transformed? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: I know there are you know, there are people in our church that are saved because of the work of, of CAP and we, have, we do have a local office, uh, a debt centre in Shoreham, Shoreham Baptist. Uh, the team down there led by Denise uh, do an amazing job um, but they are struggling. They do need resources, they do need people, befrienders, uh, they've just set up. Um, I was only speaking to her actually last week on Monday. Uh, they've just set up a new budgeting team uh, that work with people to try and prevent people from getting to the point where they need their debts uh, looked at. So they're actually teaching people how to use money. But, you know, uh, the, the workers are few. So uh, um, if you if you want any more information, um, I can give you Denise's number and uh, um, Nigel will have all the information as well. Um, but it's it's such a an important part, especially in this area. It's uh, an area of incredible poverty. Um, This really could be a way of us reaching the lost and and giving to people uh, and sharing the gospel with them. Let's say the grace together, shall we? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.